This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, I'm Chong Jen San and this is The Breakfast Grill. Malaysia's construction sector is a crowded space. The last few years have been a perfect storm with COVID-19 impacting work schedules, rising raw material costs and labour woes. To top this off, with the federal government's balance sheet at $1.5 trillion, this leaves little room to raise development expenditure. Kimlo has not been spared from this downturn, but the silver lining is its precast division, which manufactures reinforced precast concrete products for the infrastructure and building sectors in Malaysia and Singapore. This division sets it apart from other conventional contractors as it operates in a less competitive environment and boasts superior margins. Joining us in the studio is Sim Tiang Liang, CEO of Kim Loon Berhad. Thank you for joining us this morning. Mr. Sim, first, can we get a broad overview on the construction sector in Malaysia with a new government in place since late last year? What are your thoughts on the sector in 2023? In retrospective, construction industry for the past 10 years, according to CIDB statistics, we have been on the uptrend in the construction order from 2010 in a compound growth of about 7.8% to the peak of 2019 sorry 2016 where the construction order is 240 billion huh? and 210 was around 100 billion ringgit Malaysia throughout the whole country since 2016 the construction order has been on the descending order of about declining order about 4.5% so in 2020 is the worst year for construction because of MCO and this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So the construction go down to below 900 billion, it's about 80-90 billion per year. So looking forward from 2020 to 2022, there's a slightly recovery uh, of the construction order to about 130 billion in 2021 and 2022, 2022 we are expecting around 110 billion. And 2023, I think we should be an improving order in my personal recovery phase in both property and construction sector. Fortunately, with our factory is in Johor Bahru and there's one more in Sanawang. We can cater some construction activity, especially the precast component in our neighbor Singapore, which had also a, a booming property sector now. So there's a, and then the MRT infrastructure project also is ongoing and some infra, uh, highway pass uh, deep water and deep water tunnel for sewage pipe. So all this improve our group's orders. So in all, I expect the construction sector to improve. Even though we had high gear, we are in a, uh, the country have a uh, depth of about 1.5 trillion. But our Prime Minister have mentioned that despite that, he is going for some uh, money fiscal easing. That means he's willing to spend on projects that benefit the economy and the people. People. I think Malaysia still need a lot of basic infrastructure, especially in rural area and hospital and school. These are basic needs. I think the government will continue to, to focus on that. And the MRT3 is on the on the tender stage. So all this past the pandemic, Sarawak side is in Sabah side for the infrastructure projects are moving. So I think we are seeing some light in the tunnel on the construction sector. All right, Mr. Sim. Kim Loon's outstanding order book amount to about $1.4 billion, giving the company close to three years of revenue visibility, the largest
largest project in your order book is the Sava Sarawat Link Road project worth 780 million, which was awarded in November of 2021. Can you give us an idea how this project is progressing and what is the rough margin guidance for this project? Is it better than the Pan Borneo project? Trees and water to summoning. And then the, we are the, it's a turnkey contractor design built and we are the main con for that project. Looking at the project size and, and, and the specification in this project, the specification is JKR R3, but the terrain there is quite challenging because it's in the in the jungle and in Lawas is situated uh, away from the supply uh, sources. So the cost of material is quite high and uh, to get the people to work there also a challenge, quite challenging. So it's quite difficult to forecast the margin now and I believe this project should be better for us as compared to the first first project we have in Sarawak, the, the, the Pembonio Highway Phase 1, where we are first time in Sarawak. So we have some experience in Sarawak now. Hopefully, we can do better this way. Yeah, Mr. Sim, can you explain how a peninsula-based contractor like yourself is able to clinch such large-sized infrastructure projects in East Malaysia, where I understand the market is quite close and protected? The government, they still use the word protected market, yes. So we have to join venture with the local partner where for the first project. So to work in Sarawak, we have to team up or work together with a local entrepreneur or the government link company in order to secure project in Sarawak. Right, Mr. Sim, still prices have been trending downwards, but with China's reopening, is there a concern there'll be a surge in prices again? Looking back at the prices of raw material, construction materials, last two years, we have seen a tremendous increase in raw material ranging from steel, cement, and brick. So to the extent of almost 70-80%. So actually the prices will start to come down a bit recently, but due to the energy price plus uh, inflation interest rate going up, so the prices are rising again. Give you an example, we have the steel price at a peak within this two year of one time about 3,007 to 3,008. Today now come down to about 3,003 per metric ton. As for cement, two years ago it was around $10 per bag, that means 50 kg per bag. Now it's almost $20. As for brick, two years, last two years ago, it's around 30 cents per piece. Now it's almost 48 cents. So this raw material price look like it's not easy to come down to the old level. I think he'll wait to inspect the price to stay high for some time. How is Kim Loon then taking measures to address the potential increase in raw material prices? Are you doing more advanced bulk purchase orders to lock in raw material supply at a better price and using perhaps more IBS construction? So this needs some good sound judgment on our purchasing department. Of course, we do lock in the price for certain material, but purchase negotiate for better price for things that can be locked in. Like cement, is quite difficult to buy and lock in uh, because uh, we can't store for long. And the only thing we can do is we need the supplier to work together with us to give us an indication of whether the price is coming up or down. That's why we need to have constant interest direction or dialogue with the supplier and manufacturer. So that when we tender, we can cost in all this increase in our tender price. For a contractor, price increase is out in a way sometimes out of our control. But we need to have certain forecast, certain inform- market information whether the, the price is going to come up or coming to go down or stable so so that we can price our tender in a, in a reasonableness of the pricing. For your existing projects in your order book, have you marked down the margin to reflect the higher inflationary 
environment now? Will there be more markdowns in the future? I think that we, of course, the margin also depends on competition huh, in the market. Besides this, uh, the sacrifice the margin for, for the increase of prices. So as a contractor, if we look back in our history, my own company's history, we have certain margin. Uh, most of the time, we will, like construction, we will, we will be most uh, mostly range between 6 to 10% and come to certain certain year we really lost our forecast our judgment so it may go down to 2-3% so that is construction the nature of construction business So what sort of um, new order replenishment targets are you setting for 2023? What do you achieve for 2022 and did you meet the targets set then? Okay for 2023 for construction we are targeting to have the replenishment uh, order of about 500 to 600 million ringgit Malaysia. And for last year, we achieved the new order of 280 million, which have missed our target. Can you talk about some of the current projects in your tender book? What are some of the larger ones out there? I know that you are bidding for projects like the Kuching ART, the Pan Borneo Phase 2, MRT3, and also the RTS. What is the status of some of these projects? So some, as for RTS, we, we have put in our tender for the Picasso Cementer block. So it's still under tender, tender state. Whereas Sarawak, those uh, ART transport, we have not tender yet. So some of our tender book, that is a sizable one, some water project in Johor, which is a replacing of new new communication uh, water pipe system uh, to most of the Johor municipal, Johor Bahru municipalities. Uh, Mr. Sim, Kim Loon is well known for its involvement in MRT Line 1 and Line 2, particularly for the manufacturing side. The combined value for both Malaysia's MRT Line 1 and 2 segmental box girders and tunnel lining segment contracts was close to 900 million. Kim Loon having a share of close to 60% of the project back then. How do you, how significant will your role be for MRT3? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, MRT3 is still in the tender state. Of course, our Fred 3 already set up in Johor, the Pontian area, as well as the Snaggy Semilan Sanawan areas. We have uh, all these uh, Fred 3 is already ready take on new project. So for MRT3, they, we as far as is, is awarded, uh, we'll be working with the successful contractor to secure some of the some of the uh, section. Uh, we cannot take off, but I believe we our track record and our facility available, we will be able to secure some some job. Uh. What about the private sector housing projects with a higher interest rate environment now? Are developers still taking a very cautious stance? In lately, there is more tender on this resi- residential housing and affordable housing projects. I think this, uh, of course, with the high interest and all the material price, they, 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 the developer still very cautiously optimistic in their launching. I think they, they have to launch. There are some market, they are still market, but the price pressure is, is there. But it, life has to go on, so they have to do the design in a smaller area housing, smaller unit, and with a cheaper way of cheaper building material. The choice of material used in the building also can affect price of construction, the cost of construction and the price of selling. Can we speak a bit now on your manufacturing side? The outstanding order book stands at about $350 million. What about 
was the order wins for 2022 and what are you projecting for 2023? On the breakfast grill this morning is Sim Tiang Liang, CEO of Kim Lun Berhad. When we come back, we will speak on its financials, shareholding and valuations. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat is Sim Tiang Liang, CEO of Kim Lun Berhad. Before the break, we spoke on the construction sector, its new order targets and tender book. Mr. Sim, according to your forward-looking statement in your results release, the Building and Construction Authority in Singapore projects the total construction demand to reach between Sing 25 billion and Sing 32 billion per year from 2023 to 2026. This will bode well for your subsidiary there, SPC Industries. Are you more bullish about the prospects in Singapore versus Malaysia? And can you give us an idea what sort of competition you face there? The BCA of Singapore have uh, always done a very accurate forecast of their construction order of 20, average 25 billion to 32 billion per year because of their project, which had never stopped since 1985, is MRT, underground ART, the, the urban transportation program. So, now they are, talk, they are going to increase underground the MRT from 178 kilometer to 320 kilometer. So the new line we so call will be the Cross Island line, which is about 50 kilometer. And some Jurong, there's a new line on Jurong line, and there's some extension of the existing line, they call it Circuit Line or not East Line. So these are ongoing, and, and we position ourselves, then perhaps we can get 30 to 40 percent of their precast order for the MRT. As for building, industrial building, the industry, they also quite booming. And are, as I said earlier, the housing, the property is very hot now. Every year is increased by 10 to 20% the price. So there's a lot of uh, because opportunity for their building. Both yeah. for STB, also for their factory building, even commercial building. Mr. Sim, a few years ago, Kim Lun was quite aggressive in its land banking, where I remember there were a slew of acquisitions in Johor as well as in Klang Valley. In mm. hindsight, do you feel this was the right move? Yeah, I think as a contractor or construction firm, it's a natural progression and uh, a natural diversification to enhance our earning base by going into property. You see, we as a contractor, we always build for people and, and we get some return from the service we rented to be proper. But now, we we have in the position whereby we have some cash reserve. It's natural that we purchase some land and do our own property development and enhance our our profit and our earning base. So I think to me, it's a good move, it's a right move. Okay, but Kim Lun has not been very aggressive with its new launches and contribution to group revenue from property is still very 
small at less than 1%. When will you start to launch more in a in a more meaningful way? What needs to happen? Yeah, you see, effort last uh, I mean, uh, a few years, we are uh, focusing on construction. You see, when we listed IPO in 2010, the process is you to build our factory for Picas and industry as well as uh, building industrial building system. So most of our proceeds go into, into this uh, manufacturing plant. After after a few years, 10 years down, we have made res- profit and some reserve. So we buy some land and now on, we are ready to embark on a more sizable development. So th- we have uh, landmark now in Johor and Serangoon, about 230 acres. Then uh, we are expecting to complete our additional landmark acquisition of about 60 acres in Johor and Kuala Lumpur. So we make up to 280 acres. So we have in, uh, <coughs> spent about 400 million on, on all this land acquisition, acquisition where the fund is either internally integrated or some bank borrowing. Can you give us an update on the take-up of your ongoing projects? Uh, how is Tree's private estate, which are 60 units of semi-D houses in Bandar Sri Alam, Johor, they have a GDV of about 61 million. It was launched in late 2021. What has been the take-up so far? Now it's about 30-40% taken up. Okay, so that's uh, quite slow because it was launched um, more, was more than a year. Due right? to MCO and right. also during the MCO, we we have this uh, worker problem and, and so forth. So the construction progress is quite slow. Huh? So normally the pickup rate will be able to pick up when the con- the building is uh, almost completion. Can we talk a bit about your balance sheet now? It looks quite mm-hmm. decent. Your net debt is about two hundred fifty one million, and your net gearing is about thirty four percent. Do you have any self imposed threshold or limit for net gearing? So you look at our company historically for last. Uh, 12 years after listing. Our gearing is always maintained below 0.7. Most of the time it's around 0.3 to 0.4. So in the construction industry, I think it's a very quite comfortable zone. Of course, the bank always look at uh, 1.25 times of equity as a gearing limit, uh, net gearing limit. So we are falling below quite quite comfortable uh, that limit. So we are quite comfortable with our gearing pressure. In October of 2021, Kim Lun also announced an Islamic commercial paper program for the issuance of Islamic commercial papers and Islamic medium-term notes program, which have a combined limit of up to 800 min- million in nominal value. Can you remind us what is this for and how much has been issued so far? So this 800 million is <coughs> issued for our construction needs. So so far, we have issued about 90 million with the interest just range from 4.4% to 5.1%. So do you have a dividend policy and what has has been a take-up of your dividend reinvestment plan of late? So, so far, our company don't have the fixed dividend policies, but from the track record, our payout ratio of our dividend to the after-tax profit is about 25%. So far, since listing, we have given up 100, about 140 million of dividends. Um, what about the take-up of the dividend reinvestment plan? I know that's been falling over the years in line with the yeah. share price. Has it, minority well, shareholders it, been asking for higher cash dividends instead? So, so far, uh, the dividend about 85-90%. Can I focus 80. a bit more on your third quarter results now? Given fourth quarter has not been released, in third quarter, your earnings jumped 83% quarter on quarter to 16 million. Precast was the key profitability driver with a strong Sing Malaysia currency driving gross profit margins by roughly 3% higher versus your normalised range of about 18-20%. to 20%, But your construction billings were up but margins were lower. Will we see 
see the same trend in financial year 23? In this stage, the uh, 2023 and manufacturing margin will stay around 15 to 20%. Still remain there. Uh, then construction margin should be some improvement. When can we see revenue at 1 billion and your net profit at that 50 to 60 million range again, like what we saw in 2018 and 2019? Yeah, our best year was... Uh, in terms of top line of 1 million was achieved in 2019. In terms of profit is 2016. We, we strike about 80 over million, 89 or 80 over million after tax profit. We, as I said, we are on a recovery phase in this construction sector, both in terms of top line and bottom line. If I, if my adjustment is correct, my forecast of uh, returning to this uh, top line of 1B could be within two years. Huh? And the profitability of uh, 50, 60 billion after tax also should be uh, next two years. Next two years, I think we will able to go back to the normal track. Hey, that's very good to know. Uh, Mr. Sam, looking at your shareholding structure, the family via Pin Syndrome Berhad and their individual shareholdings, they own close to 50% of the company. While I know you also have about 8.3 million shares or about 2.3%, but the percentage of institutional shareholders is now less than 3% and appears to have been dropping over the years. How do you account for this? In this time, of markets, I think we need foreign uh, investors to come in. So only then this institutional uh, holding will be able to increase. So what uh, we so the local investor are normally uh, small uh, retailers. Huh? So uh, the the investing the the, the what's called the stock market sentiments have been in the Jordan for about two years or three. Whatever news, good news in the market for construction, it doesn't attract investment. Yet. Uh, with the high interest rate, I think people are shining away from, from investing in stock market, especially the institutional uh, investor. They got other instruments uh, to look at. Is there a succession plan for the company? Mr. Sim, I note you're I note you're already 67 years old. Will you be retiring retiring anytime soon? I'm now 69. Oh 69, okay. <laughs> Definitely, there's a succession plan and nobody is indispensable. There'll be definitely, they, I, I had to retire, huh? where is, huh? not, not too long from now. Huh? Okay, uh, Mr. Sim, looking at your share price on a one-year basis, it is roughly flat at about 80 cents. But if I look at it over a longer period, say a five-year period, it's down by more than 60%. But if I look at valuations based on consensus earnings, the valuations do look attractive at just trading at four to six times 2023 and 20. 24 earnings, while the price to book valuations is also very compelling at 0.4 times. There are only three analysts covering Kim Loon and all have buy ratings with an average target price of one ringgit and four cents. But why aren't more investors buying your stock? Is this a function of the sector or perhaps the poor earnings delivery over the past two years and investors are really taking a wait and see attitude first? Things for investing in this uh, share, the valuation is a very complex and, and, and very personal. Uh, judgment. So, according to the valuation, our NTA is about $2.20. Uh, so, the uh, analysts uh, are, are giving us an intrinsic value of uh, one something. Now, it's below $0.80. Cent. So, uh, what I can say is, uh, of course, the low price is also uh, affected by our low ending. That is for sure. No? For sure. But sentiment on the market also play a part. No? The counter, like even Gamuda, no? 
know, it was they got so much order, they make so much money, they still uh, consider uh, low according to their market to the valuation you know, of their earning plus uh, their orders. So I think uh, at this moment. Uh, we just had to wait. Of course, we our job as a management team is look at way to increase the earning. And I believe once the earning increase, the market will able to uh, look at us and we will look attractive to them. Uh, that's the only way we can improve our share price. On that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Sim Tiang Liang, CEO of Kim Lun Berhad. I'm Chong Jian San, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.